Hello and welcome to Tokyo Inklings. My name is CY and you can find me on my website at tokyostationpens.com, on Instagram and TikTok at tokyostationpens, and on Twitter at tokyostationmnh. And my name is Jacob. I am a fan on Instagram and on TikTok and wherever else I signed up. And this is episode 72. Welcome, welcome. Uh, surprise recording on a Wednesday. We usually don't do this. Um, but obviously we had some scheduling difficulties, uh, you know, just around work schedule. It's the end of the year. It's the end of the quarter. Um, yeah. You and I both, you you probably more busy than me, um, but I think safe to say uh, both fairly busy. I actually just landed from Fukuoka um, yesterday uh, back to Tokyo the weekend before I was in Kanazawa. So and then the weekend before I went to to Kyoto. So it's been it's been a huge kind of whirlwind end of the quarter for me. I've been doing more traveling in the last sixty days than I have had in the last you know three years. So that's definitely kept me on my toes. And uh, and Jacob, I know that you've been you've been super super busy as well, um, as we were just talking about it before the show. Yeah. So when you say travel, is that for is a pleasure or is it your day job or is it your your pen business? I mean, Japan's borders opened late uh, October, and ever since then there have been people uh, saying that they want to come to to Japan, and they want me to take them around. So you know, uh, I had ex colleagues come. Um, which is weird because it's the first time I'm actually seeing them in real life. Um, I have, you know, my, my my mother came for for about sixteen, seventeen days, and uh, and so you know I was taking her around as well. Um, so some of them were for pen business, some of them were for private. Um, I wouldn't say that a lot of it isn't relaxing, but it isn't necessarily because. You know, I decided, oh, let's, you know, go to Fukuoka. Um, a lot of it is because there were people coming to Japan. Um, so, yeah, it was, um, it's been a tiring few, few weeks here. But that means, you know, people like us haven't really had time to think about anything else. We might not have done all of our, uh, our holiday shopping. Exactly, yeah. So I had this idea here about doing a gift guide. I don't think we've done that in the past, but I think Pen Addict did that recently. Now, this is admittedly very last minute. I mean, we're recording on December 21st, so assuming we get to finish uh, editing and publishing it today or tomorrow, it may be mildly useful to someone, but it could, could still be a fun thing to do. So my idea is that we have like a budget of like ballpark 5,000 yen each. Doesn't mean to be exactly that. And if you had a few different categories. So my first category is a gift for someone who is into stationery, you know, into, you know, standard pens. Hasn't really gotten into fountain pens yet, but could potentially be um, uh, someone who may be enjoying a fountain pen. So this would be kind of like a starter kit or something to get someone hooked on fountain pens basically for a roughly 5,000 yen. So what what would you pick? Yeah, so this is the last minute, last minute gift guide. 
you know, that's hard. That's hard. I think that really puts us squarely into the um, steel nib range. Um, you know, unless it was a, a limited edition or something like that, I wouldn't necessarily go for like a secondhand thing, even though if it was for myself, I totally would. Um, but I think, yeah, we're looking probably at a steel nib. Uh, on this one, I think I'd like to go with the Pilot Lightiv. Mm, Have you heard of this pen before? Yeah, it's called like Explorer in, uh, I think it was like launched in the US or in the West like one or two years ago as, as Explorer. And now it recently came to Japan as Lightiv for some reason. Yeah, and so, um, you know, wouldn't be a Tokyo Inklings uh, show if we didn't go on a tangent about why this name is absolutely insane. But we've we've spoken uh, quite a lot about how Japanese companies are just absolutely terrible at naming their products. And Lightive is the combination of light and active. There you go. And... The, the reason why it's light and active is because they want you to always um, have it while you are on the go. So, mochi aruite hoshi toyu negai. So, their desire is it, that it's such a light pen that's active and you can take it wherever you go, um, kind of like a full size pocket pen. Now, the reason why I chose this is because it's actually surprisingly got quite a few variations. So, it's got, let me see. Uh, six different color variations from this bright yellow, which I think is quite fun, all the way to even a demonstrator. And as we know, um, the Con40 obviously works, but this fits the Con70. Uh, now they call it the Con70N because they, they've improved on that. And it's just very, very nice. It's a snap cap, uh, steel nib. You know, we, we've talked about how... Uh, Pilot Steel Nibs are also very good, I believe. Uh, comes in F and M. And it's just a generally lightweight pen uh, for somebody who might not be used to a heavier fountain pen. It only costs 2,200 yen. And it's it's got enough colors to be playful. It's got a Stormtrooper uh, variation. Um... And it, I think it generally is, is quite a handsome pen. It, you wouldn't look out of place in it um, even in a meeting if you have one of the more muted colors like a black or, or even the white. Even the yellow looks okay in a, in a Japanese meeting, I think. So uh, for me, the choice is the Lightiv. And I chose it over the Kakuno because the Kakuno, I feel like, does look a little bit childish. Um, it, it's a great pen, don't get me wrong, but it does look like it is for children and the the prera has that ring on the front um near the nib so that might rust eventually and um and it's also a little bit more expensive the other one would be the cocoon which i believe is the metropolitan in the u.s and that one is also a thousand yen more expensive so um yeah, I think that the the lightive it's it's just the perfect balance uh between the the Kakno and um and some of the higher end pens, so for example like the seventy four, which would be a 
you know entry level uh pen for people who've been into state uh been into fountain pens but um not necessarily one for somebody who's never used a fountain pen mm. okay okay so you mentioned con 70 so it doesn't come with a con 70 right you would have to buy that separately right you would have to buy that, but um, like all of Pilot's pens, they also take the cartridge. So I think somebody who's never used a a converter or never used a fountain pen before, they're probably going to start off with cartridges. I mean, I started off with cartridges. Um, Jacob, I don't know if you started off with cartridges, but I think that's fairly reasonable. And that's that's another reason, I think, why you should choose Pilot, because now they have the, um, the different Hiroshizuku inks in cartridges, too. So I think there's just a lot of options for for you to choose from, um, and you know, Pilot makes good products. That's interesting. I mean, I have almost almost exactly the same idea as you had, but instead of Lightiv, I would say Prera. And my thinking here is that, you know, what is what is interesting about using fountain pens? I think that is three things. There, you have nib variety, you have ink variety, as you mentioned, and you have you know filling system variety. I think for filling systems, at least as far as, as Japanese pens are concerned, you can't really get any piston filler or you know vac filler for in the price range we're talking about. So you would have to go with you know some you know Chinese pens, which I think might be a bit too uh, adventurous for a, a, a starter <laughs> kit. So, and I agree with what you're saying that people t- tend to start out with cartridges. And for that reason, I would also go with, you know, Hiroshizuku cartridges. The reason why I would choose a Prera over a Light TV is that you can get a Prera with a stub nib, what they call it, the CM calligraphy nib. And I think that might, you know, get you a bit more hooked on a fountain pen. I say, wow, I have it. This is something different than, you know, the ballpark experience. But, um, I mean, just questioning... Uh, here, but the the prayer only takes the con forty, right? And I think, um, or rather, this is a question to you: Do you think that the difficulties in filling the con forty might turn somebody off of filling with uh converters to begin with? I think that's a possibility. I, I know for myself that you know I have, for example, this pilot. Um, Silvern that I don't I don't even though I always enjoy using it I always I hesitate to ink it up because I don't like to use con forty I mean that, that there's definitely a, um that's definitely a thing and whenever I use my capless I, I tend to use a cartridge instead of because I can't be bothered to use con forty uh, that is definitely a thing but if you get someone hooked on a pair I think they might start exploring other pens b- b- before they <laughs> find out about the comfort maybe <laughs> i'm not sure so this is more about getting someone hooked on like or to see what a, what a stub nib is about mm, what interesting mm. ink is about and then and then they can uh, continue to explore the exciting world of fountain pens that's fair that's fair um out of curiosity what color of the prayer would you choose for them well, so you have you have the standard like opaque colors, and then you have the Edo Eye series with like, yeah. Uh, and I think here where you have to const- take the uh, uh, the person's personality into account to see well, what color would be suitable. Yeah, so the the CM only comes in the Edo Eye colors, I believe. Uh, so yeah, I mean you've you've got a bunch of colors to to choose from. Um, 
But yeah, I think the black would still look pretty good in a in a in a meeting room. I'm not sure about the transparent pink, but I think of, of the black and the the clear black that would that would look in place anywhere, right? Yeah, I agree. And another thing I like about the Prera is that the snap cap is so incredibly satisfying. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a bit of a tangent, but that's something we talked about before. And I keep saying that I wish that pilot would would do like season limited or kind of like limited editions based on the prayer because it's such a good starting point it's such a good pen and whenever i use a prayer i always wonder why I even bother with other pens but but you <laughs> you don't really have there's no desire to buy like a whole bunch of them because they're always available and I mean, unless you there's always been one, like the Oeste green one. Other than that, there hasn't been any limited editions that I'm aware of. But I think this would be the perfect canvas for limited editions. And uh, we used to know somebody who has uh, like you know hundreds of pens and only uses the the preppy, right? I think it was like a V pen varsity. You, you can refill it if you are very determined. Yeah, he who shall not be named. Anyway, um. So I think that that's pretty good for the the first category for somebody who's never used a fountain pen. Yeah. What about for somebody who's a seasoned fountain pen fan? Yeah. So the idea here is someone who um, who ha- who has you know either owns or has tried pretty much everything you can find at you know Itoi and Morris and like it knows you know pilots lineup, sailors lineup, and wouldn't be really be surprised about you know most of those models so you you need something a bit more exotic something more off the beaten path not necessarily more expensive but just something more exotic um my idea here is to go with either an urushi an an affordable urushi coated pen which sounds like an oxymoron but you know you know garage fountain pen and you have mart and you have whoever's making those nuduno Kakunos, so something like that, which tend to be around like five thousand yen range, at least some of them, or a like Eric Deco Kakuno, if you can assist, if you can still find those for sale. Yeah, but isn't that a little bit over budget? Because I recall the, um, I think the Deco Kakunos are like eight thousand, and then the Maru which is about ten thousand. Last time I bought the Deco Kakuno, it was five thousand yen. So I haven't I haven't checked the latest prices. So okay. that's. <laughs> All right, all right. Yeah, inflation, man, it's it's <laughs> yes, hitting us all. That's true. Um, that's interesting. Why would you go that route? Only because it's something you don't really find in a normal retail store. It's something that is it's a one of a kind. No, no two pens are exactly the same, and it's still affordable enough uh, for to, to be a gift. That's that's very interesting. Um, I would actually not get them a pen at all. Okay. Uh, I would get them a book because I think a lot of people are, you know, buying is easy in a way, right? Like you just have to spend money. Um, but I think sometimes these books, especially, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking at some right here in front of me. Uh, we have, um, so which is uh, the Fountain Pen Chronicles. This is a classic Japanese fountain pen book. There is a Manichts Bible, which is Itoya's um, fountain pen book. Like these books talk about the history of fountain pens, talk about you know 
for example, in Manik's um, Bible, it, it talks more closely about Itoya's history and also um, has very detailed uh, kind of descriptions and pictures of Pilate's nib-making process, for example. Like, these books are, are something that I think a seasoned fountain pen fan might have a bunch of different pens. Now they're, they're really more into that, you know, that uh, deep end, let's say. You know, they're, they're really into the hobby. Um, something simple like, like a book about pens, about, you know, Japanese pen history, that could be very interesting. And I'm sure that a lot of people, even in our group, don't necessarily have these pens uh, or these, uh, these books. Um, another kind of book you could get is, for example, like, uh, like a calligraphy um, book I have in front of me, um, Tegami no Kotobato Mozi. So if you were to write a letter, you know, um, how do you form your letters? This one is in Japanese, but there, there are some that, uh, that exist in English as well. So I think products that help them use their pens, mm. that's what I would go for. Yeah, that's an interesting choice. Uh, I thought you would say Lambros books because they, but they are a lot more than five thousand yen at least. <laughs> <laughs> they are very expensive. Um, no, no, no. I'm not. I'm not that high end yet. Um, but but yeah, you're you're right. And I mean, uh, and Metchore has these calligraphy books that are sold everywhere, and those seem to be yep. uh, doing well. Of course, I mean, he has really kickstarted this whole like monoline lettering trend. So that, yep. that could be something. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's a good gift option. And you know what, what would be really cool is one of those, um, the one with the ink from, um, I think it's just called ink actually, but the one with like thousands of swatches that mm. Ishban did. I mean, that could be pretty cool too. Ah, yeah, yeah, that, that's true. That's true. Those, yeah. those are pretty nice. Yeah, and... If if the the recipient is a plotter user, you can even get them that pull out thing uh, that I think they're selling at Marzen for about two thousand yen. Mm, that's true. Yeah. So, um, my last point here is I want to avoid getting pens for for people who use a lot of pens because it's it's always really difficult to you know, know somebody's preferences. And, and, you know, you want somebody to use your present, right? You don't want it to just sit on the shelf. Um, so I always hesitate. And I, I personally really don't like it when people buy me pens because they're probably not going to get... Either I already have it or they're not going to get something that, you know, I like or I, I will use. And I did get a fountain pen um, a couple years back, actually, before, before we met. Um, I was kind of graduating university let's say and um and some of my kohai they they knew i I like pens and they got me this pen uh and i didn't know it at a time but it was one of these like in indian pens like pretty sure it's the same maker as it's the same model as whatever noodlers pens does and this pen smelled like rotten eggs if you left it for too long it was absolutely nasty i I put it in like baking powder for for years that didn't get rid of the smell like literal years like like almost 10 years now still there um it smelled like donkey poo i I swear and so so that was the last time somebody got me a a fountain pen so maybe i'm a bit traumatized 
Well, I think you can buy a pen to someone who already is already into fountain pens, but I, I agree that you need to know that person better, their preferences better. I mean, if you just think that this person is into fountain pens, let, let, let me go and f- buy them a fountain pen, right? That that might be a miss, more likely than a hit, right? But if you really understand that person's preferences, and uh, I, I think there's a chance you can find something that they will be happy with. Yeah, so so maybe that's like a, like. It depends on whether you are also a fountain pen person. I yeah, suppose the exactly. gift giver. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you don't know about fountain pens, don't get them a fountain pen. Fully agree. I I, I have some trauma around that as well. Yeah, I know what you mean. I agree. <laughs> but what what are your traumas? Without naming names. <laughs> yeah, there was someone who bought at the full retail price there was some italian pen the presentation was very elaborate so they clearly spent a lot of money on a pen that it wasn't really that that's uh, interesting but the packaging was you know the the selling point rather than the pen itself so i sort of felt a bit bad about that yeah 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 i i definitely see that especially with uh, some italian pens <laughs> yeah all right next category shall we yeah, so the idea here is that someone who's really a hardcore into ink, and it doesn't really matter if it's a fountain pen or like a felt tip pen or a, a glass pen or a steel dip pen, that like, it's more like the ink is in focus. They, they they really love ink, but they might not necessarily have full access to all the all the cool ink stuff you can get in Japan. So, what would you get to such a person? My question before we start this is. Um... Does this product still have to be in production? I get the impression that you have an interesting answer that might be difficult to get. So let, let's hear that one too. <laughs> um, wh- why don't you go first? You go first. Um, assuming they're not in Japan of access to everything here, I, I would I would get and send a or give them a Sailor Hokoro, which I think is probably the most interesting and and best. Um, dip pen at least the second generation with that ink reservoir and it's just like 1500 yen um my other thinking is that if they are already into into ink they probably already have some kind of glass pen so what i would get um is a really hilarious kakimori product i will just send you a link to right now Mm. So this is like like a toothbrush, but specially made or meant for for glass pen cleaning. <laughs> I, I think it's just just hilarious. I'm not sure if it's any better for ink cleaning or for glass pen cleaning than any regular toothbrush, but you know the humor value alone makes it worth it. Um, the third thing I would add to the gift is one of those ink cards which are becoming very popular and in particular there is this category now of ink cards where, not if you've seen that, where something is already printed on yep. the card like um, an illustration or something but it's printed on some kind of, kind of glossy white so you don't see it at first but as you apply ink you know, with a brush pen or whatever the you know that pattern emerges and those seem to be very popular i mean there's one by you know Bechori, there's one by moe and a few different ones so i think that could be a fun gift yeah um i agree i i i've had some of these i mean tono limbs really good 
at, at doing that stuff. So so they have a bunch for their you know Christmas parties or whatever parties. Um, speaking of tonal limbs, they already have all of all of their events for H one planned and published, which I think is incredible. But uh, but yeah, I mean it's it's pretty cool. Um, I agree. I I think I think that's a that's a great um selection. Uh, I would actually go in a different direction, but similar to you, not necessarily getting them the pens or the inks themselves. Uh, I would look at paper actually. Um, so there are still some places that have old Toma River paper. I'd get them, you know, uh, maybe two notebooks of this Toma River FP sixty eight GSM. Uh, should last them quite a while. And if this ink Numa have never used, or you know, if you're just getting into Numa, that that really depends. But if you've never used Tomer River, especially the thicker versions, um, I would uh, I would definitely get that. I was thinking maybe some other types of papers like uh, that um, uh, slight white, or or um, you know some of the other ones that we we talked about. Those might be interesting as well. But if if it's uh, available to me, I would probably try to get that Tomer River. Uh, 68 GSM just because it shows ink very well and I think not all papers necessarily show ink in the same way um so or or maybe I'd get a bunch of paper and just cut them up and make my own sampler pack uh for them I think that I'm I've done that before and I think that would be pretty interesting uh for for the ink numa as well that's interesting. I mean, I agree that paper is a, a good option. Personally, if it was an ink numa, I would go for Takasaga, Takasaga Premium Bank paper. Not because it necessarily shows off, you know, chroma shading or, you know, sheen as well as, you know, Graffilo and others, but because everything always looks different enough on Takasago Premium that it's just fun to just uh, use it for comparison. Yeah, and I, I think like um, what'll be cool is because th- they're mostly buying it, or or they're mostly uh, into this because of the visual aspect, right? Just showing mm. people how visually things can be different. I think that would be pretty cool. Um, another mm. idea that I had was to get one of those um, smaller Toyoka uh, craft trays, just in case they didn't have a place to hold all of their. Um, ink slash uh, or, or dip slash uh, glass pens and I think you can get some at uh, Marizen for a fairly good price within the budget right? Yeah but if you're talking about Toyoka Trace for glass pens the, the, the one where you have like one wooden part for you know the nib I think those are only sold at events maybe even only at tips I'm, I'm, I I don't think necessarily we need to do that route, but I mm. think the smaller uh, three three pen rest. Yeah. That's not necessarily something that you would buy for yourself. Right, right. Um, and, and the Toyoka tray is is really high quality. Mm. So you know, obviously you'd have to clean them before you put them into the the tray. But mm. when they're on the table, you have them on display. I think the person will feel really good. 
Yeah, that's true. The only caveat, if, if you go to Marazen and try to buy Toyoka tray, you'll find that they're not actually called Toyoka at Marazen. <laughs> that's they, right, they have yeah. rebranded them. I can't remember. Mori something something. Yes, some Shinrin something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But um but that's that's my vote. Yeah, it's a good one. Okay, so the next category is someone who is like really into, you know, planners, you know, Techo Kagi and has, you know, uh, Hobonichi, plotter, travelers notebooks, all of that stuff. I have a question. Does this person live in Japan? You're giving it to someone who is outside Japan. So you have you have access to all the products in Japan, but you're giving it to someone who's not who's not here. Okay. Okay. Um so you know, uh, you can't necessarily buy this last minute, <laughs> um, but I would try to find some interesting rubber stamp sets for them, and that's where uh, an event like um, Bunga Joshi really shines, because they're usually quite affordable, and it's right, you know, at the end of of November, so. Um, I'll try to find find some of that, but if you're looking at something that you can readily buy in in the store, um, that's that's a little bit more difficult. I think um, there's a there's a store here in in Kuramaya called uh, MT Factory, I believe, where you can get uh, a, an assortment of really cute and unique um, wash tape, so you can get more than one. But you can make a you can make like a set of you know five or six that's still within the budget. And they have some really cool ones. So they have like some three dimensional ones where there's like this felt thing um, coming out of it. They have like these really interesting patterns. Um, and they have different types of tape as well. So tape that you use as like packaging tape, um, yojo tape. So these these things that I think might they probably already have, you know, washi tape. But because you can make a combination of them, it's likely that you can get something that they don't already have. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, that's me. How about you? So I have sort of two paths here. The, the first path is that someone is already into like system planners, mainly mainly plotter if it's outside Japan. Uh, so they, they have bought their first plotter. Uh, they got the standard plotter refills, but they haven't really explored you know, the, the papers. For you, paper was the previous category. I'm going to go for paper in this category. So I will go for... Say Da Vinci's bamboo paper refills. I would go for Kamiaterior's uh, paper sampler. I would go for Itoya's the funny like the, the ramen holic and sauna holic and like, the, the like, fun quirky refills like that. And there is something called like Sora Moyo, which is this refills with like cloud patterns and like bubble patterns, which are ideal for um, ink uh, ink swatches. Yeah. So yeah. so so this is all assuming that they they have a plot or any other system binder. If they're instead more into like travelers notebooks, uh, I would just go down to travelers factory in in the Tokyo station and get whatever like Tokyo specific you know inserts and uh, other accessories I can get for five thousand yen. 
Yeah, and and I think there are also very affordable, you know, non-plotter branded uh, system tetras that you can you can buy. Yeah. Uh, so you can even buy that and a set of couple papers uh, mm. to go to introduce somebody who doesn't necessarily have a plotter but is thinking about it. Yeah, it makes sense too. Yeah, I, th- I think that there's there's some affordable Da Vinci ones in particular with like four letter that, that are like yeah. roughly in this price range. That's a good one. So I added a last category to this. Um, uh, so for a calligrapher in your life, um, these people aren't necessarily uh, fountain pen users, but um, they like to do the art of calligraphy. Maybe they've not um, really experienced a fountain pen because a fountain pen could be you know, very well um, as expensive as their entire year's worth of calligraphy you know, tools. So, so a last minute gift, um, idea for them. Personally, uh, I, I'm going back to your prayer idea, right? Uh, that calligraphy medium nib. I think a lot of calligraphers don't necessarily know that an option like this exists. So, so maybe that plus, um, some, some of those uh, tonal limbs shimmer essence, the the shimmer potions, so that they can add glitter to whatever ink they're using. Um, usually, in in you know straight calligraphy, there's uh, a lot more hoops. So I think this additive um, shimmer thing that they can add into whatever ink that would be an interesting option. Interesting. I would have the same problem here that, that we were talking about, about the non-fountain pen person trying to buy a fountain pen. I'm not really a calligrapher, so I, I'm afraid of, of buying something to a, a calligrapher. So, <laughs> I, so I would probably go more for, you know, the fountain pen ink route. So I'll probably, again, go back to a uh, uh, Hokuro. Maybe I'll get one Hokuro with Fude, one Hokuro with a stub, and that would be around like 3,000 yen, have enough 2,000 yen left to buy one of those very popular color changing inks which seems to be the latest and greatest trend here yeah i think those are excellent choices that's our not terribly useful gift guide because a it's too late and b we're sort of talking about products that you can mostly only buy in japan but <laughs> well it, it's especially too late because you're expecting us to give these to people who live outside of japan yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe for, for next year. We're, we're one year early. We're early. That's right. That's right. All right. Um, let's shift gears. Uh, I hope you don't mind me moving the order of the show notes. But, Jacob, I've noticed that you're not using your, your pens or you're not using your fountain pens um, as often recently. Ah, yeah, so I have uh, turned to the dark side. I have a red Kyber crystal now. So so what, what's going on? What's going on? Yeah, so I think what happened was that I was at, I had to fill out some paperwork uh, in the office and I needed a ballpoint for that, and I didn't have any ballpoints. Uh, obviously, I just went down to the local convenience store and picked up, I think it was like a zebra blend or something, and I just was just genuinely surprised about how nice that pen was it wasn't nearly as you know dry as i think but i expected ballpoints to be and had this very satisfying tactile uh knock and uh, that maybe starts you know exploring a little bit 
this world of uh, uh, standard pens. And what I come to really enjoy is how I how how much there is at least for me to explore. Because if again, if I go to say Itoya, I mean going back to this, you know, seasoned fountain pen fan. If I go to Itoya, there's very little that, that is surprising to me. I've tested pretty much everything Sailor has, Pilot has, Platinum has. And I'm not saying that with some bizarre sense of accomplishment. I mean that I kind of miss the the early days of this hobby when everything was new and exciting and I you know, wanted to t- try everything. I didn't know how I know the how I know the nibs performed and the different models and so on. I have that again now with ballpoints. I don't know the difference between you know Acroball and Jetstream. I don't know you know difference between like uh, low emulsion, sorry, um, low viscosity ballpoints and gelings and how they perform and you know the different brands and so on. And I really enjoy exploring this now and also enjoy the fact that it's so ridiculously cheap that i can go into like a stationery store and i spend a few hundred yen and i get like a whole bunch of pens uh, and they're all so fun to try out so so i i haven't stopped using fountain pens i have a bunch of them inked up i'm going to be using fountain pens for a long time i believe but i'm not uh, like a fountain pen purist anymore well you know um I've actually got uh, several ballpen pens myself, ballpen rollerball pens. Um, and, you know, like you, I use them to fill out whatever, you know, waybills and stuff like that. I personally really enjoy the tactile turn side click. They're mostly metal pens, really heavy pens. But I bought one from, um, from good friend Hey Matthew on the internet. And there's some kind of like a nebula pattern and it's it's got like um it's got these little ridges um etched or or machined into it. Feels really, really good. And I'm just gonna Oh, that's so satisfying. Um I believe this is titanium. Um but it's uh yeah it's pretty cool it looks it looks great it's got everything i want in a fountain pen except for the actual technology part you know it's it's beautiful um interesting to look at and then something that i i didn't realize i would like as much but this diplomat arrow in their rollerball version is is actually an incredible pen um it's it's uh it looks like a fountain pen so it grips like a fountain pen um, incredibly smooth, and I have one of those um, Gravitas Ultim Ultim twist pens, um, and those are really nice as well. They obviously look really interesting. Um, so yeah, I, I've I have uh, definitely don't use them as much, but I do have some ballpoints and rollerballs as well. And I think similar to our you know slight obsession with fountain pens. Um, I think as long as it's interesting and it's nice to use, it's totally fair game for me. Yeah, and there's something very convenient about being able to just write a few pages, write a few lines, and then turn the page without having to wait for the ink to dry. <laughs> I, <get laughs> I, I almost forgot how that was. So, so especially when you are like at the cafe and you, you're writing in your small like Bible-sized planner, um, it's it's nice to be able to turn pages fast. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I totally agree with you there. 
Um, actually, I've also uh, I, I've been spending money, but I've also gone into something new, and I I blame um, I blame uh, my friend from Hong Kong and you know, to an extent you as well. But uh, I am working on a new website. And I wanted to take photos of uh, of products, and I thought that I should buy a camera. I have okay. I have an iPhone. The iPhone camera is fantastic, but there are things that you can only do with uh, with an actual camera. Camera. Interesting that you say that because I remember not long ago you were talking about how. For this, the only reason why anyone would buy like a standalone camera nowadays is for this whole like this like lifestyle aspect or experience. Like as for the camera functionality itself, an iPhone is everything you ever need. I I, I still agree that an iPhone is everything that you need, but I think um, unless you're going to spend a lot of time in uh, in like Photoshop or wh- wherever. Uh, there are things that a camera can can do and i thought that i wanted to i don't necessarily want to buy the the most low end camera on the market right um because i, I still want to take good photos but or decent photos let's say but i didn't necessarily need to go to the best camera so i thought okay maybe i'll just go somewhere in the middle some something mid range so i look on on Mercari because I thought you know I could just buy a second hand one. Oh my god, cameras are expensive. They're like, I think I was looking at a mid range one, cost like two thousand dollars something, three thousand dollars. That's probably like cheap on the on the on the mid range too. And I was like, okay, I can only buy an entry level one. <laughs> Yeah, that has very recently changed. I remember just like two years ago, the the one about, the one I bought most recently, which was a second hand one, it was like eighty thousand yen, which is today is like five hundred, six hundred dollars. But I, I looked at the same one today on, on Amazon, uh, like the second hand prices, and it's almost double that. I'm not sure what what's happening, but I know that some of the popular camera makers they have problems keeping up with with the production, and I think that may have driven up the prices. I mean, it, it's crazy, but thankfully, I know somebody who works at a uh, group company of a camera maker. Um, they may or may not live in my house, but uh, but they said, oh, you should get a Sony one. So I said, okay. Um, so we end up getting this ZVE10, which Sony advertises as a vlogging camera. Uh, I'm not going to vlog, at least not yet, but it, it, they are... It's it's quite nice. I I quite like it, and I decided um, that I was going to do things the hardest way possible. So I decided that I'm only going to use uh, manual focus, manual everything lenses, um, especially vintage lenses. Mm. I got my camera about two weeks ago. Somehow I have like twenty lenses now. It, it's it's bad, Jacob. As in, did you buy them yourself, or did you get did you get them? No, I bought them myself from, from Mercari, from from Yahoo Auctions. If you look at my Yahoo Auctions, they're all camera lenses now. All oh, right, okay. Well, I know that 
like up until fairly recently when you th- when you thought about like third party lenses for the Japanese camera makers it was all like uh, Tamron Sigma talking you know, about nowadays the Chinese lens lens makers have really stepped up their games so you have a TT artisan and Laowa and the seven artisans and like Venus optics they make uh, most of them uh, of the Viltrox, most of them are manual focused but some of them are quite good and a fantastic value for money yeah I, i'm going a little bit older than that i'm going like uh indostar uh jupiter i'm getting some old canon lenses i'm i'm really into these old canon lenses um and, and the, the indostars it cost me like six thousand yen five thousand yen um and what's the natural next progression is to take apart the camera lens and put it all back together right so so i've done that i'm um oh jesus <laughs> yeah i i jesus uh, uh, of, of course you did that yeah yeah I, I wouldn't i would never do that <laughs> that that's you know if, if you get dust oh, jesus yeah so, so I, i've taken apart um these um uh carl size carl size yena uh zebras uh instar i just took apart a chioko yesterday i'm sanding off uh so so you know they're pretty bad conditions uh sanding off the the rust um revealing that brass inside and i'm going to put together like this two-toned uh camera lens but um but like you and ballpoint pens for me something that's really interesting is really learning something new Mm. and it feels great to be a noob again yeah yeah and and that's the thing i'm still using my pens but i'm finding a different way to use them i'm finding them as a uh, photography subject uh Mm. and in that way i'm rediscovering the the pen aspect but through a different you know excuse my pun through a different lens so it's uh (laughs) there we go here there we go bad jokes galore um but yeah, it it is really really fun, and I think you know the camera. Um, it's it's very mechanical. I actually don't know how to use a modern lens. Um, I tried some modern lenses. I I own one modern lens, and for me, it's mm. very strange that you have to change the aperture on the device itself. That makes no sense to me. Um, so I'm just trying to not use them at all. But mm. uh, but for me, it's it's a very tactile experience. Um, and then it's giving me different ideas on, you know, how I want to uh, to use my pens in, in that different light. So I'm just learning about like what is it, focal lengths, and um, I I have a couple of macro tubes that I'm I'm using to take pictures of you know, small details. Mm. Um, but it, it's it's very fun. It's uh, what can I say? It's it's good to be a noob again. Yeah, it is. I know exactly what you mean yeah, about that. And you know, modern like, phone cameras have this amazing computational photography. Like they manage to get like a blue sky on a bright day, which you can almost not get with a normal camera unless you like compose two images together. That's all done automatically in a phone camera. Camera, but it also means you're just like along for the ride. You have you have a limited creative control unless you use one of those like manual like pro camera apps so it, it's more fun to you know have have full creative control over you know the whole photography process um and that allows you to do things uh, i mean that you, that you cannot really do with uh, 
a like, fully automatic system. So that, that yeah. I, I completely understand that. And it's a lot of fun to learn about it. So, yeah. Uh. And I'm learning a lot of history about it, which is really interesting. Like the history of the way that the lens is like, I think if you think about a modern camera maker today, they're all Japanese, right? Like pretty much if you want to buy a camera, you're buying a Japanese camera. But obviously that wasn't the case, um, you know, 20 years ago, even 30 years ago. I'm having a lot of fun with these Soviet lenses. And um, I was surprised at, because I turned all the automatic settings off. And I was surprised, oh my goodness, my photos look so dark. Um, and then if I if I open up the aperture, nothing is in focus. Um, so like I have really small uh, depth of field and it's, you know... I'm learning a lot about this, but I also learned that the iPhone camera is is amazing. It's amazing. If you want a picture that looks like what you see, the iPhone camera is really good. Yeah, except that there's a bit of that uncanny valley that you get with computational photography. It looks like it's a bit surreal, I think. Yeah, too good. It's too good. Um. But yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, for our listeners, obviously this is, you know, maybe we'll just start a camera podcast instead. But <laughs> but the, this is, the the reason why I bring this up is because um, there are so many ways to enjoy uh, fountain pens. Mm. Um, as, you know, we've seen through this gift guide, uh, there's so many ways to to interact with, with what we own. Um even if it means diving into like a different hobby. Mm. Uh, and I think actually that's, that's pretty much your story here with fountain pens too, right? Like you, your, your true love is photography. Yeah. I mean, I've been doing this for, I've been into photography for about 20 years. And when I came to Japan, um, I, I came here on a government scholarship and I spent most of my scholarship money on, on cameras back in the day was in Nikon D50. People <laughs> still know where I was and I uploaded, I went around, took photos, you know, day and night and uploaded on Flickr.com, which was, you know, the photo sharing site, uh, the popular one at the time. And I was also... It was just when, you know, Creative Commons became a thing, you know, Larry Lessig's uh, Creative Commons product that allowed people to have this, you know, easy to understand um, licenses on your photographies. You could upload photos with an, a certain license that allows certain usage and then people could go to Flickr and then just search for photos that had a permissive enough license for your intended use. And because of that, I found my... Photos being used everywhere, in like Encyclopedia Britannica, various books and publications. <laughs> That's so crazy. That, that was a, a lot of fun. So, yeah, I have had a lot of fun with photography over the years. Um, nowadays, because I move around less than I did before, I think that's partially why I've become more into product photography because you don't, you know, even if you're stuck at home, you can still uh, do photography when you do, <laughs> when you do product photography. And if you remember... During the, I mean, previously at the Wagner event, I brought all kinds of like studio photography stuff, mm -hmm. <laughs> and I would borrow a table and I ran uh, ran around to Morizan and others and borrowed his pens and, and took photos. I had a lot of fun with that. Yeah, and it's it's great, it's great. Um, so I think the the moral of the story here is just think outside the box and um. And interact with your pens in different ways. I think there's there's a lot of things to do here. Yeah, 
That sounds good to me. Even with just your iPhone, right? Even with just your iPhone. Yeah, I mean, and that sort of ties into something else. Uh, I think you can kind of tell where people are on their photography journey based on what they're talking about. You know, when they start out, you know, they, they're excited about their camera, they talk about cameras, and then after a while they talk about glass. And then when they get more experience, they start talking about shaping light. So once you, so things like, you know, tripods, uh, foam boards, gobos, flags, and so on. And I think it, once you learn how to really shape and control light, it doesn't really matter what camera you use uh, as long as you get your light correct. And if you don't get your light correct, then no camera can help you. So it doesn't matter what camera you use anyway. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, you have workflow uh, benefits, right? So yeah. certain cameras may make, make it easier to, to you know, up, upload photos. And, and, and for video, there's different, right? So if you want to do 4K, if you want to do, you know, log video and so on, then that becomes a real difference. But, but if you want to do like product photos, I think you can achieve very... I can. I don't think it matters as much whether you use like a camera, phone, or like a a fancy, uh, you know, Fuji camera or whatever it may be. As long as you have a really good light setup. Yeah, but you know, I, I bet you're the dad that brings that zoom lens to the Undokais. Well, but all dads, all dads do that, <laughs> and that that's the reason why I need one of those t- uh, tele zoom lenses because I mean that is that is like a mandatory right you, you can't go to an endokai without recording it because that is the expectation that you do that yeah um endokai is a sports sports fair yeah anyway shall we uh close it up with um some news sure sure so um fine writing international uh, i saw this yesterday as well they've released a new pen that they call the scepter and this is really an improved version of the uh, Park, uh, Parker Vacumatic uh, model. So this is like a pump piston. Um, and they call it vacuum filling, which I suppose the principle behind it is vacuum filling, but then again, so is a piston. Um, but it, it really is in, you know, pen terms, it's a pump filler. So you open up the back and there's this button and you press the button a few times and uh, and you fill the pen. There is a pen BBS pen that does uh that does something very similar as well i believe the 500 mm. ah yeah. yes 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 okay I, I didn't realize that this was the same kind of filling system I, w- I was a bit confused because we talked about fine writing international like, like teaser stories before and it looked like a yep. piston filler and now it looks slightly different so that's very interesting yeah but it's um it's uh it's the mechanism is hidden behind a blind cap and you just press it a few times. Um, it's pretty common in some vintage models. Obviously, the most famous being the Parker Vacumatic. But Omas also did um, one of these with a uh, fixed knob. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, the, the Toma that I have is, is fairly similar to this as well. So I'm, I'm glad that Fine Writing is showing off their, um, their potential. Um, I think the pen looks great. I, I'm very happy. I think I've said this previously on the podcast in the very early episodes, but I think Fine Writing International is probably the the best quality pen maker in Taiwan. Um, over you know Laban and um, 
you know, uh, uh, maybe maybe Mr. Cypress or now just Cypress can can go toe to toe with him. But even the Maquia stuff, I think Fine Writing International is better. Um, that was a, a hot take right there. I don't know if it's a hot take or not. <laughs> because I I can think of other pen makers like uh, the Twisby and and Opus and uh, I, I think Fine Writing is a they they, they make better pens than Twisby and they make better pens than Opus. Twisby is okay. Okay. is it's not on the same price range, so let's not talk about that. Although, um, the brass, the the Bronze Ages, they, they were pretty much in the same price range. Um, Opus, they, they again make different pens. Um, but I think the the trims, the finish, uh, I, I I'm a fine writing international stan. So so I'm excited to see uh, where they're gonna go with this. So what I'm wondering, I mean, this is me wearing like a grumpy hat. I, I... Pen makers like you know, one of those they figured out how to make some of these filling systems like a, a century ago. What what is it? What is the difficulty in you know recreating them nowadays? Do you have to make something different today? Do you have to make something that suits your particular like pen design, or do you have to avoid patterns? So what what is the challenge in developing say a piston or a vac filler or a pump filler today? The only challenge in my mind is cost. Because the technology is there, it's very simple. It's very simple. Anybody can use it, but um, are the customers going to pay, you know, a double or a triple premium for for that? So and so, so cost and the other challenge is um, user knowledge. Right, but then Twisby has managed to, to lower the cost of their uh, piston filler. So it seems. Since possible, then so okay. So so it's more about manufacturing efficiency and and cost control than actually any like engineering challenge and trying to make something make something something that works. Yeah, and and Twisby they own their own factory, so so they don't have to worry too much about the cost over there. Um, but yeah, I would say definitely. Uh, well, machining the parts depending on whether you're injection molding it or or boring a hole into the material that's very different if you're injection molding it, it's much easier but if you're machining it um then then it's much more challenging to get a completely smooth surface especially on the inside um so it depends on how it's constructed but even that is not that difficult as long as you throw money at it right okay yeah um Next one, uh, Pilot Limited Edition Capless, a yearly limited edition. This is like, uh, I don't even know how many years they've done it. This pen looks to be pretty popular. You did a post on this. Yeah, this is the one called Hana Shobu, and it was released, was it, on one week ago? Roughly one week ago, and it seems to be sold out everywhere now. And this is... This release is almost always Christmas for scalpers, right? In in a sense that you know, most pens nowadays, if you're not in Japan, not in Japan, you can still if you you can still buy them online if you're willing to go through you know buy and the market and whatnot. But there are a few releases that can only be bought in actual brick and mortar stores, and this is one of those. Um, 
So this is always uh, something that sells out very quickly and then not just, you know, the eBay ones, but even on America, like for the domestic markets, people are quickly reselling them for for twice the price, Uh, which is a bit, I I always wonder why they don't just make more of these, but there might might be some reasoning behind that. But anyway, the pen itself is like a pink, purple, white gradient, um, Capless and the, the name means like Japanese iris, it's like a f- f- flower motif, a flower uh, theme, and it's got a little bit of like sparkles, just like other Capless models. And it comes in F and uh, EF. And as far as like, it's always hard to find out exactly what is the criteria which stores get to sell these pens. Because it's not the same as you know, custom Kai, custom club. It seems to be stores that have like pilot hambain, which is also a bit ambiguous to me. So I don't understand, for example, why Boombox gets to sell Neo Classic but not this one. I'm not sure if you have any theories on that. Yeah, yeah, I, I do. Um... The the criteria is that the sales staff, there must be one sales staff that is seconded from Pilot, uh, whereas the custom Kai is, is more of a network of loyal retailers. So um, so you could have a store like Shosaikan, who is part of the custom Kai, uh, sell custom Kai products uh, without a Pilot staff. But for example, the um, Tokyo Limited Edition inks, as well as as well as these releases, you have to have actually somebody who is on the pilot payroll. Yeah, I uh, I think you know going back to your point about um, scalpers and this pen, I think um, I I do think that your assessment on you know the the pricing first first of all, there are a lot of people reselling this pen. Um, and and sometimes that price is really really wild. I I hundred percent agree on that. But I don't think that it's reasonable for a buyer from outside of Japan to expect to pay retail price on these, um, just because they're so so difficult to get. So I I usually um, these end of year year pens. I didn't go crazy uh, last year on the bamboo forest, um, and I only started buying them because people asked me to this year as well i wasn't really planning on getting it but you know a couple people asked me to so i went down to to itoya yesterday and they're really enforcing this you know one person one pen thing and then i was talking to izumi who's a very well-known reseller and i asked him hey did you manage to get any of these pens because you know in the event that i can't get them for for people who ask me, maybe I have to, you know, buy it at a higher price from Izumi. And um, and he said, no, he went to um, Tokyo, Ikebukuro, uh, Marunouchi, Nihonbashi, <laughs> um, Yokohama, Kawasaki. He went l- l- literally all over the place. Spent like, he probably spent like $100 on traveling alone. And he was able to get two pens. So, so I, I do think that to a certain extent, um, if you're a foreign buyer 
and asking a friend to to buy one of these pens in Japan, it's probably not super fair to expect at a retail price. But I think if you are a Japanese buyer, then you're probably really frustrated that um that these are getting snapped up and they're they're sold out at a lot of the stores. So I know Itoya still has them, and I know that they uh some of the other retailers are planning a restock. But I think you know, um, how much was it this time? Thirty three thousand, like thirty five thousand. I don't remember exactly what the price is. Yeah, thirty three thousand is like two hundred forty dollars. But but I mean, my point is not that resellers should sell it at cost price out of goodness of their heart. That's not my point. My point is that I think it's unfortunate that you know the the the, the legit retailers like. Nagasawa. It's unfortunate that they cannot sell this directly to customers because some of those retailers they do sell overseas, and I think if if they could sell this pen overseas, then this would solve solve the problem, right? Yeah, but this would also sell out way faster. <laughs> but that goes back to my first point, which is about why is the production so so low? Once they come up with a model, the design, I mean. There, that there must be a fixed cost there. Why isn't there in pilots' interest to produce more of these? Well, I agree with you, and I think this whole concept is weird because it's like it's a present if you take one of our sales staff into your store, right? Like it's like a present to themselves, mm. <laughs> in a way. And um, I agree. I think. Uh, I think they could probably open this up to the custom Kai um, stores. Yeah. Uh, I think, yeah, it is it is definitely unfortunate that they have this really strange and archaic rule from, you know, I don't even know when. But, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think that, yeah, given that it is the situation, um, it's really hard to find these. It, it's really hard to find these. Um, I don't even know if I'm, I'll be able to get... Uh, all of the ones that have been asked of me. So, um, if you do see this, uh, it is unfortunate, but you should probably expect, in my opinion, about like a $350, $360 range, which, if you look at the Coral Red capless, which is the, the capless um, limited edition for this year, that's available worldwide, that's a $300 pen. So, considering shipping and everything, it's probably not an unfair price. Yeah, but but it is a fifty percent markup. So. Yeah, but if you're willing to pay a three hundred dollar for a capless from Pilot, you know, from an official retailer out in the West, right? I I think it's not unappetizing, um, unless you're really looking to game the the exchange rates. Which, that's like going into gray market area, right? I think it's a difference between are you buying from a eBay seller that has a really good price, or are you going to buy from a a retailer who's selling to you at MSRP? Mm. Yeah, I just saw the Mercari for fifty five thousand yen. <laughs> that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Yeah, that's almost a hundred percent, and probably going to go up from here. It, yeah, it, it's. It's like Pilot is teasing its customers. Hey, look at this really nice pen. I wonder like five of you can buy it. You know, the the Wish pen was so good. The Wish pen was so good. I'm still thinking about that pen. 
And um, I just wish they bring this creativity to their other pens. I mean, I understand that it's a brass body um, with lacquer on it. But, you know, can we do something interesting for our resin body stuff as well? I don't know. That That's true. That That's true. And it's... But it probably tells you something about the popularity of Kepler's VP compared to other models. Yeah. Um, and then especially this one, right? Because I think the regular LEs, they don't really sell out that fast. Like the core red, you know, I'm, I'm not seeing too much buzz about that. Um, but this one is always like, you know, there's a fervor. Yeah. That's true. So so so, yeah. so before this one there was a bamboo forest, which I didn't think was yeah. that exciting. And before then there was Wish, which was this like smash it, and then Azure. I can't remember the one before Azure. What the name of that one was? I don't remember either. I don't even know if there was one, but um, but if there was, I'm pretty sure it was very popular as well. Mm. All right, shall we? Uh, shall we close out for the day? Yeah, let's do that. All right. Thanks a lot, everybody. Uh, if you've made it this far, please consider uh, sharing the podcast with somebody that you know. Um, I haven't been seeing Reddit threads, so uh, you know maybe consider sharing it to Reddit, um, share it to Instagram, Facebook, wherever uh, you prefer to exist. And um, yeah, with that being said, I think that's all. My name is CY. You can find me on my website at TokyoStationPens.com, on Instagram and TikTok at TokyoStationPens, and on Twitter at TokyoStationMNH for however long that will continue <laughs> to last. And my name is Jacob, and I'm a Twitter fan on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.